It, the podcast where we want to talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan and I missed it. I'm Brittany and I didn't. And I'm coming in with some strange energy because I have some thoughts. Okay. We are on Buffy Season 3, Episode 5, Homecoming. As Buffy and Cordelia vie for Homecoming Queen, a group of killers gather to participate in Slayer Fest 98. I give this episode a two- Okay, I probably like a five, five and a half. IMDb thinks this episode is an 8.3. Okay. Which is wildly wrong. Okay. I mean, I would, I am curious why you gave it a two, because I don't think this episode is bad. I think my dissatisfaction with this episode stems mostly from my excitement at what Slayer Fest 98 could be and mean. And mm-hmm. all of the other characters that are in this episode. Yeah. And then it ends up being Cordelia whining for 45 minutes. Sure. I mean, it's also Buffy whining. It's also Buffy times. whining, right? But it's Buffy is sad. Buffy is feeling things. Buffy's going through things. Yeah. Buffy also has to whine sometimes. Mm-hmm. If Buffy is whining, but we're also seeing her and Faith get thrown into a Hunger Games-style atmosphere where all of these crazy things that we didn't even know existed are chasing them, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. I don't want to watch Cordelia whine for 45 minutes. I'd rather listen to Cordelia whine than Buffy whine, to be honest. Yeah, but at least with Buffy whines, there's fighting. Also, Buffy whining is usually about her love life or lack of uh, regular life, which SMG performs decently well because she's a soap opera star. Yeah. And that's all that is. Right. Cordelia whining is just... It's Cordelia whining. And I don't feel bad for Cordelia. Maybe one day halfway through Angel I will. I mean, I don't feel bad for Cordelia either. I would just rather watch Charisma Carpenter wine and Cordelia wine than gotcha. Buffy because I like Cordelia better. So, did you remember this one well? This is your uh, most watched season. Yeah, I actually didn't remember it as well as I was anticipating. Like, there were sections of it that I did not remember. Like, that whole opening couldn't have told you any of that happened. Sure. Yeah, the whole opening. I think when they started at the bronze and, like, they were talking about the limo. Sure, the limo was a large part of this episode. Yeah. As were the corsages. Man, there were so many things in this that I wanted it to work. It feels like the hospital episode. Okay. Except without any satisfying conclusion. Okay. Because the hospital episode was confusing. It seems like maybe it was a good premise. But it, they just didn't really follow through on it. But it had a lot of really good moments. Yeah. It introduced some other side characters. It let people have their moments that normally wouldn't have their moments. Uh, it let people explore different things. Right? And a lot of important story work and character work happened in that episode. Even though the episode wasn't very good. 
Right. This one could have at least gotten there, but instead we get this all-star cast of who's who of bad guys that have somehow survived, and they all come back and then don't do that much. We get this crazy dinosaur demon yellow stegosaurus looking dude that looks awesome yeah and he pops knives out of his arms yeah it's great and then they've got like germans with rocket launchers and uh an overwatch guy who's using computers and everything and they're all working for mr trick and vampire cowboys back yeah and then we meet the mayor we did meet the mayor and all of this is happening. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is going to be great. And Slayer Fest is happening, and it's amazing. And it just turns out to be Buffy is sad because she wants some sort of normal life again, which is the same thing she's been saying for 40 episodes now. Yeah. And Cordelia desperately wants to be homecoming queen because, as all high school shows and films tell you, the popular girl must be the homecoming queen because it's her entire personality and self-worth is based on this because it's a trope yeah i mean that's what it is that's all that's that's all all it it is but and then they took what could have been this really cool thing and went okay let's just make buffy and cordelia run through the woods which they didn't even get to until like 30 minutes in yeah i feel like that part it would have been better if it would have been longer Yes. And if they would have let Cordelia actually do something. Oh, yes. Instead, they just made jokes about a spatula. Yeah. Like, if they, like, the only time that she did anything was when, um, that demon was fighting Buffy and she was attempting to help because, I mean, all she knows, she doesn't know how to do anything. No, she doesn't. Um, she was hitting him with a spatula. If they would have actually let her do something then it would have been interesting. I like the concept of Slayer Fest. I like the concept of them not knowing who Faith is because they've never seen her before. So they assume it's Cordelia. I thought they showed each other the picture of Faith. Well, I don't think so. They showed Buffy because they were following Buffy around. And because Buffy was with, or Buffy said they're picking up Faith first or whatever. Or maybe they didn't pay attention to... They just saw the dark hair and didn't pay attention. I think it's more that because I thought at the beginning they showed Faith... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But in my head they showed them who Faith was. I don't know. I don't remember that. And then instead they decided not to go after Faith because apparently everyone's an idiot. Yeah. I don't think it was that. I think it was that they mistook Cordelia for Faith. And I like... If she's new and she's new there and she's a new slayer so a lot of demons and vampires and stuff might not know who faith is mm-hmm. and buffy's more recognizable so they see this other girl with dark hair who looks opposite buffy and is with buffy they assume it's faith and instead it's cordelia i like that whole concept if they would have let cordelia actually do something mistaken identity for what a slayer could be yeah sure why aren't the demons, vampires, any of them, why aren't they concerned with the fact that there's multiple slayers? Because theoretically, that's never happened before. 
It has never happened before. So, but nobody cares that there's multiple Slayers. It's all like, huh, that's strange. Okay. I mean, I assume that was the whole concept of Slayer Fest, was to get rid of them. Right, because there's multiple and we get rid of them, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, if you're the big bad here, aren't you concerned that there's multiple Slayers? Don't you want to find out how that happened? Don't you want to see if it's going to keep happening? Gotcha. Because that's a massive change to everything that these bad guys theoretically know to be true, that there is only one Slayer. All of a sudden there's two. Why? I don't know. Maybe the concept of them doing Slayer Fest was to kill both of them and find out if two would come back. Possible. So, I don't know. Possible. Because it did feel like Slayer Fest was not actually planned by Mr. Trick. No, I kind of assumed that it was the, the Professor X type guy. No, the Professor X type guy was hired. Oh. I think. I assumed I he was know. running it. Maybe he was running it, and he was running it against the vampires. See, even the Slayer Fest part, the cool part of all of this, wasn't well explained. No. Right? It wasn't all set up. And how did the TV and VCR in the middle of the woods have power? I don't know. An uh, extension cord, I a assume. A very long extension cord. Yeah. A very, very long extension cord. I mean, Bubby was sad because Scott broke up with her. Yes, out of nowhere. And we got a very, very strange smash cut they're showing buffy yeah i'm excited to go to the dance and then they like spin the camera smash cut sound effect to scott breaking up with her i have this good guy he's a very solid guy we need to break up but they did this weird smash cut that they've never done on buffy before and they only do it once in this episode yeah i think that because this episode they were laying heavy into the homecoming queen thing into the high school aspect of it. So it felt really 90s movie, mm-hmm. honestly. So I think that was part of that. Sure. They were laying into it. And I'm fine with that as a concept. Yeah. As long as you follow through on it. It felt like four or five different ideas, not even fighting each other to decide what the episode is, just four or five ideas happening. Like, not even like, hey, this is really good, but then this is better, so maybe if we do this, it'll overcome this, and it'll work together this way and fit together, and we'll have an incredible product at the time that we're done. No, instead it's like, hey, we're going to try to be a 90s high school movie for a sec here. Cool. Ten minutes later, maybe now we're a slasher movie in the woods, and then, oh, right, and then we're also this, like, subterfuge spy film at the same time with tech gotcha. gadgets and a dial tone and a dial-up phone. There was a dial, t- uh, there was dial-up internet coming out of a phone in yeah. a car, which was the most uh, 1998 spy thing I can think of. Yeah, it all, it all just felt very 90s movie to me. And I think that was, I assume that's what they were going with.
So we have an angel sighting because he is contractually obligated to show his face. Yes. At one minute and 45 seconds in, Angel shows up. Buffy has left Scott to bring Angel a blood shake. Yeah, it was. I mean, I assume it was it's blood. A, it's a cup of blood. It was mm-hmm. red. I was going for blood shake, like milkshake, but yeah. blood shake. So it's a blood shake. Um, Angel is clearly getting better-ish. He is remembering some things. Seems like maybe he remembers he did some bad things to Giles. Um, but we most know that Angel is uh, realizing what life is like again uh, because he has remembered to put on more clothing. He has forgotten to button this clothing. How oh, was he wearing a shirt? He was wearing a shirt, okay. but it was unbuttoned. I don't remember. It was a button-up that none of the buttons were done. So he's getting better. Eventually, he'll have a full suit. At some point. At some point, maybe. I'm not holding my breath. I don't think Angel in a tie would be correct. Because Angel in a tie... Is just Booth? Is Booth. Yeah, I don't think Angel ever wears a tie. <laughs> Faith is back. She's in this. Faith remains very good. Briefly. Brief, she's not in it a lot. Yeah, very briefly. She's helping Buffy train. Mm-hmm. And she's very invested in helping Buffy through the breakup. Yes. Um, which is interesting because Willow doesn't do that. Yeah. Well, I don't feel Willow like Willow doesn't know how. <laughs> Willow doesn't know how. Willow has other problems also. Yeah. We'll talk about Willow in a second. Yeah. But Faith is back. Faith is still awesome. She can stay however long she wants. And then she did also uh, thoroughly embarrass Scott during the dance because she was looking out for Buffy, even though Buffy wasn't there to appreciate it. Absolutely. It was a really good moment. I I remember that moment pretty vividly. (laughs) Like, there's random parts of Buffy that I'm like, that is a vivid moment that I remember all the time. Yeah. That is a vivid moment that I remember all the time. I mean, talk about the kiss heard around the world. (laughs) The kiss heard around the world. Okay, I, I, uh, my initial impression was having now seen so many episodes of Buffy and uh, becoming well-versed in how the writers and directors work in Buffy, I assumed that was a dream sequence. Oh, it wasn't. Because we hadn't had one yet. Yeah. And I was waiting for it. It was not. But then it kept going and going. I was like, oh, no, this is too long for a dream sequence. Oh, this is actually happening? Oh, I should have paid closer attention. Yeah, it's an actual an actual scene that happened. Xander and Willow were trying on their homecoming clothing. I am confused why Willow has never been to a dance. shouldn't say that, but it's Willow. I doubt she's ever been to a dance. Well, she said that they went to their eighth grade cotillion. Oh, okay. It's been a hot minute since she's been to a dance, and she has all of these dresses that she can try on. Yes. She also has a changing screen in her bedroom, which I think is hilarious. It fits Willow, I feel. It kind of (laughs) does, but she also has a door in that bedroom that does lead to the outside. Yeah. So it makes sense. That's all windows. But they're changing and showing each other their homecoming clothes, and then... They have a fluke and they kiss. They have a clothes fluke. They have a clothes fluke and they kiss. But apparently then it's not a fluke. Yes, because it happens again. Yeah. Later. It really reminded me of the episode of How I Met Your Mother where Barney and Robin kiss and are dating other people. Okay. And Robin's dating Cal Penn. Yeah, yeah. uh, 
He's I dating don't remember Nor- his Nora. He, and Barney's dating Nora. I don't remember Cal Penn's character. Kevin. Kevin, thank you. Um, but they're dating other people, and then they kiss, and then they spend the whole episode like trying to hide it and do everything like that. So I kept waiting for that sitcommy stuff to happen too. It did a little bit. I was going to say, it semi-happened. It did a little bit, but not to the extent that I was expecting or anticipating. Yeah. Because right about the same time they got to the part of the episode where they could start to do those things, they finally decided to have Slayer Fest. Mm Mm-hmm. So they couldn't do both at the same time. Yeah. So I'm sure that will have consequences. Yeah. Uh, It is also only episode five. But this does seem like a great way for Cordelia to be mad at the world and leave the show and go to Los Angeles. Yep. So that'll work out well. Yep. Maybe she'll take Oz with her. I would have loved to see the television show that is David Boreanaz, Charisma Carpenter, and Seth Green. And Alexis Denisoff. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, let's do that. (laughs) Werewolf, a vampire, and a valley girl. Walk into a bar. I wrote down the one where Oz says, as Willow goes, so goes my nation. Yes. Which I assumed was a euphemism. Probably. Probably. But it was uh, Oz, Seth Green, so it was pure. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed Giles' line. Giles wasn't in this that much. No. Uh, Giles' line, I think the finger food contains actual fingers. Every time he was in this, though, he was like on it. Yes, but he was funny. But funny. Yeah. It was strange. It was like, strange. We for have the to episode. find Buffy. Something terrible has happened. I'm. I just wanted to scare you. Or something like <laughs> just that. kidding. Wanted to scare you. It's that great. Was so funny. It's great. Every now and then, and it, it, like genuine smiles on Giles's face too. Yeah. That were not Giles smiles. They were Anthony Stewart head yeah. having fun <laughs> that day. Like that's yeah. all it was. Yeah, I do remember the end where Holly and Michelle won, tied for Homecoming Queen instead of Cordelia and. Buffy and or Buffy. Neither of them won. I was so happy. Yeah. I was so happy. It would have not made... It would have made sense if Cordelia would have won. It didn't. wouldn't have made zero sense if Buffy won. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's part of it, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense if Buffy wins. None. Two days before she started campaigning. Right. That's and not also, how this works. People don't know who she is. Right. Or if, if they do, they're not going to vote for her. Yeah. She got, like, two votes, one from Scott and one from herself. Also, the uh, school got shot up by uh, German special forces people. Yeah, when it was... While homecoming was happening. That's true. So, that's Sunnydale. There was also two random vampires with their vamp faces on in the library while homecoming was happening. Yes. And nobody noticed. Yeah. And we know that the library is decently close to wherever the gymnasium is because of the Sadie Hawkins episode. Yes, we know it's not very far.
side character shout out is the new tag for this bit, I guess. It fell apart quickly. You're going to forget that next time. Side character shout out. I've done it twice now. It's it's in there. Okay. Mr. Trick is back. He's great. And he's not dead, so he's going to keep coming back. He is. Hopefully. I am excited. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy Vampire, well, one of them, returned. Gorch? Yes. He did nothing and was wildly disappointing. He got married. Not in the episode, but he is married. Was married. Was married. She dead. Death now. via spatula. <laughs> Death via spatula. What a way to go. Death via accidental spatula. Well, no, Buffy did it on purpose. I didn't even think Buffy really did it. Like, I kind of thought Cordelia got it to her, and then Buffy just kind of turned around and the vamp walked into it. No, I think Buffy forced it into her. Okay. I didn't even realize that part of it was wooden. Apparently. I thought it was going to be metal, so apparently the handle was, yeah, or plastic. It was black. I assumed it was plastic. Uh, However, the best side character in this is Kulak, the Stegosaurus dinosaur demon. Okay. With uh, spikes coming out of his arms. Kulak was played by Chad Stoleski. He is a kickboxer and stunt performer and he is uh had an incredible career as an actor as a stunt guy uh he has done stunts on just to name some deadpool hunger games red wolverine expendables sherlock holmes spy kids (laughs) (laughs) that's a drastically different Tron, Iron Man 2, X-Men Origins Wolverine, Jumper, Rambo, Live Free or Die Hard, 300, V for Vendetta, Serenity, more Joss Whedon, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Dukes of Hazard, Triple X, Constantine, Van Helsing. Can you spot the difference? <laughs> he serves as David Boreanaz's stunt double on Angel. Oh, it's that guy. I, it's knew, that guy. I knew that. I knew that. But that was not his big break. His big break was actually when he was picked to be Keanu Reeves' stunt double in The Matrix. Gotcha. Uh, which led to many great things for him. He was in many of these movies that he gets the stunt credit for. Um, but he was also incredibly well known as the director of the John Wick movies. Gotcha. I've so never this seen guy, any of them. I knew. Uh, has I, done an yeah. incredible amount of things, and he's Kulak the Stegosaur Dinosaur Demon. Yes. And I think he's the David Boreanaz's stunt double throughout all of Angel. All of Angel, yes. Yeah. There's lots and lots of pictures of them together, and they do look very similar. Yeah. Um, but that. Uh, David Boreanaz is bigger. Like yeah. He's yeah. This guy was narrower. They're about the same height, though. Yeah. Um, it's kind of difficult, I feel, to be. As broad as David Boreanaz. He's a, hockey, he's a hockey player. He's a hockey player, and he was a big hockey player. Yeah, he's a big dude. Um, but the makeup job, the prosthetics job oh, yeah. on him was incredible. It was very well done. There, I think around season two, like, when they got to certain things on season two, and now into season three, they're starting to experiment more with those demon makeup jobs. And, mm-hmm. um, and they need to lean into it. Yes. Keep going. You don't have to go full Star Trek, but keep going. Oh, they 
everything looks real good especially when when they get to andy hallett on angel because they have to do his makeup every single time and he's a serious regular mm-hmm. and he's a demon so i'm definitely seeing how these shows push the envelope in terms of makeup and prosthetics Absolutely. and what you can put on tv and how you could do things and that part of this is really good and yes. the f- fights are getting to the point that people talk about and point at they're like hey these yes. are really good especially for tv we're starting to see some of them. Mm-hmm. It's taken two and a half years. But it kind of has to, almost. Like, they have to kind of get their Yeah, because if it was great in episode four... Where can it go? Yeah, you're not going to get seven seasons yeah. and then, you know, five of another show. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. Yeah. My side character is a side character, as of right now, is the mayor. Yes, the mayor shows up. Yes. I... Love the mayor so much because he's just so good and he's so concerned with hygiene. And yes. It's the best. He was very concerned for his assistant's cuticles. Yes. You wash after every meal and under your fingernails because mayonnaise can get trapped there. Yes. And he would smell it. <laughs> and it's very good. Yes. He offered uh, Mr. Trick a job in a very roundabout way, threatened him. Yeah, didn't really threaten him, but threatened him, but didn't visibly threaten him. It was very interesting. Yeah, like he's very, I don't know, because he's not physically intimidating and he's not like, the fact that he's the mayor is intimidating, but he doesn't act like that. No, he wears his pants too high to be intimidating. (laughs) Yes. And did you, did you recognize the guy who played the mayor? He looked familiar, but I couldn't quite place him, and he, I did not look him up. He plays um, Ted's stepdad on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yes, he does. The one who plays the guitar with the beard. The hippie. Yep. That explains where I've seen him from, I mean, 10 years later, but... Yeah. Yeah, and with very different hair. Yes, this is the first appearance of the mayor, and he's in it throughout the rest of the season... Because he's technically season three's big bad. Yeah. When they showed him the first time, I kind of thought it was going to be one of those fake outs. Like they were going to show this person and he was going to be like the stand-in mayor or the puppet mayor. And like, yeah, he's or like, yeah, he's the mayor, but he's not quote unquote the mayor that has been referenced and i kind of thought it's going to be that kind of fake out but then they let this guy keep going keep acting and having more scenes it's like oh okay it's this guy okay that's good to know yes and his office looks exactly like what the mayor of sunnydale's office should look like yeah it is drab it is boring but it is just power focused enough it's very good design Mm -hmm. um the desk is slightly curved so that the uh, entire room kind of focuses around it. It kind of feels a little bit like they took some of the Oval Office designs. Yeah. Like, it's a drab green room with a handful of windows. That's not very impressive, but it's Sunnydale. But the office and the chairs and the desk and the types of chairs and the types of materials that were used, it's very, very power play-esque. And very much, I am the center of attention in this chair, and this is where I, the mayor, go. And you can sit over there and be at a weird angle and be off kilter and off balance mm-hmm. and, and establish dominance. And it's it's good design work allowing for character growth and learning about these characters without even having to say anything. That is what good design should be, and that's what it is here. 
Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I also want to shout out the mayor's assistant because he was also very good. <laughs> like, you knew yes. exactly how intimidating the mayor was going to be or how where the mayor is going just based on the way that he acted going into the office. Yeah, walking into the room. Yeah, he set that up very well. Yeah, and it was a really good like juxtaposition between the way that the mayor actually acted and the way that you were expecting him to be. Yes, which makes him more terrifying yes. to an audience. Yes. It's good direction. It's good writing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, good design... As much as I did not enjoy the Cordelia buffiness of it all, yeah. Uh, shout out to the costume designer because they put them in different costumes throughout the episode. They we go through like three or four days during mm-hmm. this episode, so they wear different clothes. Yeah, there was nothing really special or fancy, and they didn't really match or clash or anything until they got to their homecoming dresses. And they wore complementary colors. Gotcha. The red and the green that they picked, because Buffy's in red, Cordelia's in green, those are complementary colors on a design wheel, Mm -hmm. uh, allowed for them to clash when needed. But as soon as the actors started to lean into, okay, we have to work together to get out of here, and it complements each other, you also notice the lighting get a little less harsh, Mm -hmm. so the colors don't pop as much, so they don't jump in your face as much because the brighter the colors are especially in costumes the the more off-putting it feels to an audience member because clothes shouldn't be that bright mm-hmm. so they dimmed it down once they were supposed to be getting along again cordelia and buffy and then their clothes started getting along gotcha and started complimenting each other as they started working together mm-hmm. so they also dirtied them up so that the colors would be more muted on their dresses because the dresses were dirty yeah. So they were able to continue to do that. Yeah. So it's really good design work in a bad episode, but really good design work. Right. That brings us to our last segment of this episode ryan predicts poorly and and i predict that in the next episode episode six we will see significant david boreanaz screen time it feels like it's about time Mm -hmm. scott's gone now or mostly gone yeah and angel can talk again so let's give david boreanaz some screen time and let's kick this thing off yep that's my prediction well thanks for listening to this episode of i missed it you can find us on Twitter at I Missed It Pod, and you can check out our network at GLM Pod or at GhostlightMedia.net, where you can find our merch store, our Patreon, and all of our backer content as well. Uh, I think by the time this comes out, you could have listened to me do a backer episode uh, from another path. I think we're doing a spoof of another popular podcast. I think that's the plan. I'm not totally sure, but 
uh, go become a Patreon backer and you can find out. Yeah, go um, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or other podcasting thingies. Podcatchers. Sure. Because they catch the pods from the internet. Okay. Someone thought it was clever and it stuck. I don't know what to tell you. Well, that's it for us. Thanks for listening. This has been Buffy Season 3, Episode 5, Homecoming. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that the finger food contains actual fingers. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.